Welcome to Kush Classics. I'm your host, Dr. Anika Prather. I thought I would take this time to just introduce myself. This is my first podcast, my first time taking the opportunity to share with the world or anyone who's listening how I got to this place, where did I come from, why is this my interest. It was not an easy journey, and I've done several interviews on other people's podcasts about this, but I'm hoping that by sharing my story just one more time in my own little space, it can just be here for anyone to access and find inspiration. I was born into a family where my dad is a pastor. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. They were both avid readers, and we read everything. They read everything. In every house I grew up in, there was a library, and that library was not segregated. It was filled with all types of books. There was the autobiography of Malcolm X. There was books from Watchmani, the great Asian theologian. There was books about Shakespeare the autobiography of Angela Davis, the Quran, the Bible, Khalil Gibran, so much on that shelf. And they could read any of them at any time. And I grew up being taken to libraries and my mom would fill up the bag with books and we would read. I believe that's where it all began. That's what I think. Well, I did not like school. I was not a good student, but I loved education. I loved teaching. And I dreamed from the time I was a little girl that I would grow up to be a teacher. My parents put me in Christian schools and I hated school, but I still plowed on. My parents supporting me, never putting me down, never making me feel I was less than. I have an older brother and he was an academic an honor student, a very popular student, star basketball player. But even with all of his trophies and awards and certificates he got, they never, ever compared me to them, him. In fact, they would focus their attention on what my unique gifts and talents were. I love to sing. I loved drama. I was very artistic, very creative. And I loved children. My mom noticed it. And before long, when I turned about 14, she had me sign up to volunteer as a teacher's aide in our church's Sunday school. And from that moment, I knew teaching was my destiny. I graduated from high school by the skin of my teeth. And miraculously, was accepted into the only college I applied to, which was Howard University. At Howard University, I was introduced to a very unique perspective on classics. I was introduced to Terence, the African playwright of ancient Rome. I was introduced to Antigone, who was like my hero, that strong woman, the way she stood for what was right even at the risk of losing her own life. I was introduced to Agamemnon, 
and all of those plays. And I was interested in them. I couldn't help but be interested in them. But somehow at Howard, I was presented with these with the perspective that these were also for me. Well, I left Howard University. Those seeds planted deep within my heart. And I went on to teach public school at Montgomery County Public Schools. I taught there for quite a few years. I went on to get a master's in music education, a master's in theater education. And then right after I finished those two masters, I started a PhD program where I was going to research the role performing arts plays in the classroom. And I thought that was what I was supposed to do. I was going to be a famous children's theater founder, director, playwright, and actress. And right around that time, my parents had the big idea to start a classical school for African-American children. That sounds strange, right? I thought they were crazy. They asked me, hey, would you like to leave your job and help us at the school? And I said, absolutely not. I am not going to be a part of a classical school. Classics, classical education is not for African-American people. We need to be teaching them about their heritage and their heroes. They need to know their story. The schools don't teach the Black narrative. But of course, they are very stubborn. And I guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And so I finished up my teaching. I went right into my doctorate program. I was focused on what I was going to do. And then I decided to leave the public school. And I didn't know what I was going to do. One reason why I left the public school, even though I loved my principal, I loved the experience, as a person of faith, I wanted to be able to share my faith openly, but still respect the laws of the land. So I left. And of course, my parents thought this was another opportunity to lure me into the school that they were starting. And they asked me again, would you like to teach? You can teach part time. And I said, you know, I will teach music and drama at your school. And so I did that. Continuing to work on my doctorate program, I got a grad assistantship in my doctorate program, and I thought my future was set. And then one day I was walking down the hallway, and I noticed a group of high school students in a great books class that were not interested in anything Aristotle had to say. I asked the teacher, how can I help you get them engaged? And so I offered to use music and drama since that was a part of my graduate work and my master's. And I began to read the texts they were reading and to create lessons filled with music and drama to help them connect to it. And before long, classics had me hooked. I couldn't get enough. I could not get enough. And it wasn't because I knew ancient African civilizations were in these texts. It wasn't because I knew there was an entire tradition of Black classicists. I just knew the books spoke to my soul. And so I began to really get into this class so much that the teacher who had been assigned to teach them said, hey, why don't you take on this class and I'll go teach the little people? 
And so I did. I took over that great books class and I even left my grad assistantship. That's how much I fell in love with this. I wanted to devote my entire mind, soul, and body to the study of classics. And I will be honest and say that my advisor wasn't too thrilled. My department, I think, thought I had lost my mind. Why would this Black woman want to study these books by all these dead white men? But I had to follow my heart. And I did. I'm so glad I did. And I changed my research topic to the role classics plays in the lives of African-American students. And everyone thought this topic is just irrelevant to today. It's not culturally appropriate and so on and so on and so on. But I couldn't deny what I was seeing in my students who were coming to really embrace these texts for themselves. They saw that these texts weren't black or white, but they were human. They told the human story. And I began to see their lives change as a result. They weren't denying their heritage. They weren't feeling insecure about their African ancestry. They just heard some words of wisdom in these texts. They heard stories that spoke to their lives and they embraced them. Well, here I am settled in this passion. I am alone. No one in my department, very few people in my department, thought I had made a right decision. And I was at home talking this frustration out with my parents. And I happened to look on a bookshelf and saw W.E.B. Du Bois's, it was a really divine moment, Souls of Black Folk. I just happened to open it up and it fell open to an essay called Of the Training of Black Men. And in this text, ah, he has a beautiful, beautiful, I call it his opus to classics. I sit with Shakespeare and he winces not. Across the color line, I move arm in arm with Balzac and Dumas, where smiling men and welcoming women glide in gilded halls. I summon Aristotle and Aurelius and what soul I will, and they come all graciously with no scorn nor condescension. So wed with truth, I dwell above the veil. Is this the life you grudge us, O knightly America? Is this the life you long to change into the dull, red hideousness of Georgia? Are you so afraid, lest peering from this high pisca between Philistine and Amalekite, we sight the promised land? Now we'll take a Selah moment where you think and reflect on what I've shared with you so far. I hope you enjoy this song. Time is just a shadow here today, then gone tomorrow when it goes so
training of black men. And that was the moment I knew there was a black classical tradition. I read the rest of Souls of Black Folk and I saw how Du Bois spoke extensively about the relevance of classical education to the African-American community. And I am aware of how controversial he is. I am aware of his thoughts on the talented 10th. But I took his writings and internalized them for myself. And I came to them from a much more humble place. No desire to use classics to make students assimilate, to deny their heritage, to set themselves up as some superior person. 
And as I began to read Du Bois as a way to help me understand how to connect these texts to African-American students, I also discovered they call her the female Du Bois, which I hate that term, but her name was Anna Julia Cooper. And I felt I found in her a kindred spirit because she also loved classics, but she was so humble. She was a woman of faith. She did not see classics as a way to deny her heritage, but as a way to embrace the human story that they tell, as a way to gain literacy necessary to navigate this space that often does not make life easy for us as a people. She was so beautiful. Even with all of her success, she was a former slave. She came up as the child of the slave master, was educated at St. Augustine's Normal School, went on to get her bachelor's at Oberlin, was one of one of the first African-American women to earn her PhD, the Sorbonne in France. And she was the first, I believe, the first Black principal of D.C. at the M Street School. And with all of her success, she seemed to always remember her roots. And she realized that everything she had was nothing but a gift from God to be used to bless other people. So even though she had this beautiful home and life, she raised at least five children that did not belong to her. She opened up her home to poor and needy African-Americans who wanted an education. And she just believed in using everything she had for the uplift of her people. She fought for human rights, women's rights. She was beautiful. She was not elitist. And she was a servant. And I felt I had found a kindred soul, a guiding light on this journey. I love Anna Julia Cooper so much that my daughter's middle name is Anna. So here I am, I'm continuing to work through this PhD and I'm teaching at the classical school and I'm wanting to learn more about classics. So I put in a search one evening, teacher education programs or teacher training in great books. And I came up with St. John's College. So I contact them thinking they may have some workshops or something I can attend. But at the time, they have a lot more now. If you're a teacher, I would check them out. St. John's College, there's a campus in Annapolis and there's a campus in Santa Fe. And they have lots of teacher trainings and workshops. And the one thing they have that I took full advantage of is they have the Graduate Institute. And there's several ways you can get your master's in liberal arts. And one of them, which is ideal for a teacher, is you can do it in four summers. And this really worked well for me because I didn't want to leave my doctorate program. So I did my doctorate program in the fall and spring, and I did St. John's in the summers. And then once I found a new advisor who supported my work and a new chair of my committee who supported my work, they allowed me to use the classes I was taking at St. John's as a part of my PhD program. And what I would do in the summers, I would go to St. John's. And whatever I read in the summers, I would teach it to my students. And I did this this way in order to allow me to continue to immerse myself in the literature. I was hungry. I wanted to learn so much. It was a long journey. 
there were a lot of obstacles in the way because it was hard for people to wrap their minds around this chocolate woman wanting to give classics to the African-American community. But thank goodness, in April 2017, I defended my dissertation, and it is called Living in the Constellation of the Canon, the lived experiences of African-American students reading great books literature. And this study was amazing. I sent out an invitation to all of my students. I think it was over 20 that came through. It was a very small school that came through my great books class while I was there. Six of them wanted to join the study. We went away for a weekend and I interviewed each of them. Now, all of them were somewhere between 18 and 21 at the time the study was done. And we interviewed them the entire weekend. My husband recorded the transcripts from the recordings. And from that came this story where each of them got to tell how reading classics and great books affected their life. Let me take a moment to explain the difference between classics and great books. Classics is all of those texts, art, culture that are connected to ancient Greece and Rome and all that intersects there. Great books include classics, but are kind of sprouting the branches of that. And all of the texts from after ancient times on up that cite those texts or cite someone else who cites those texts. And so you get a sense of this, what they call the great conversation where writers and thinkers and philosophers and theologians and playwrights are engaged in this great big conversation that spans time periods, uh, races, and cultures. And so my students in my study talk about what that was like. And we talked so much and we had so many memories. And then from that moment where we were away at a retreat, we created a play called The Table. And that's also a part of the study where, because all of my classes, of course, inspired by the Johnny Table, were always taught around a table. And we staged it. We performed it at St. John's and we performed it at the University of Maryland with a question and answer period at the end of it where we demonstrate what the class looked like. And the students talked about the personal things they were going through while they were engaged in my class and how reading the texts helped them. They talked about how reading the text helped them going into college, how reading the difficult literature gave them the exercise of mind to be able to read some difficult texts, especially those who were going into engineering type fields. So much came out of that study. It was, it was incredibly encouraging, inspiring. And I finished that study. Of course, as I've said, I graduated April, I mean, I defended it April 2017. And it was such a hard journey that I brought that dissertation home, put it in a drawer and said, I'm done. I'm now going to focus on raising my kids, being at peace. By this time, I had started another classical school called the Living Water School. And I was going to continue to pour all of my energy into that school. And it was quiet for about three years. And then if he's listening, Jeremy Tate happened to find me and St. John's would not leave me alone. And between the two of them, I was pulled out from hiding 
And so here I am sharing my story of my love for classics. And now I'm on a new journey. We're always growing, right? Socrates says wisdom begins in wonder. Wisdom begins with admitting that you don't know. And so another aspect, I discovered the Black classical tradition, which served my class time well. And my students talked about how important it was for me to talk about African-Americans who had read classics as I taught them. But now I'm on a new journey where I'm uncovering the ancient African civilizations that these authors talk about. And it is taking me to another level of joy and excitement and pride in my heritage as I see how much we contribute to the human story of the ancient times. And I'm now at a place at Howard University where God opened that door for me to teach classics there. And I'm sharing the Black classical tradition. And I'm sharing about ancient African civilizations. And I'm sharing about how these stories are for all of us. I'm very thankful to the work of Frank Snowden, who was one of the first to really do an in-depth look at the existence of ancient African civilizations and how they contribute to the story of ancient Greece and Rome with archaeological evidence to show our beautiful brown skin and full luscious lips and thick, beautiful hair right there in classic texts. And I'm excited to share this with the students of Howard University. And I'm excited to share this with my students at the Living Water School. And I'm excited to just read these texts that bring me so much joy. So that is my story. And I hope you enjoyed it. I look forward to spending more time with you here at Cush Classics. Our next time together, you're going to meet my parents. I always like to start with them because there's so much more to this story that involves the seeds that were planted in me from how they taught me. And so I want you to hear that part of my story as well. So I will end here and I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining Kush Classics. I am your host, Dr. Anika Prather. Bye.